Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadonna, and with me as always... Richie Byrne. And your producer, Soul Joel. Special day. Today's a very special Our day. Our first non-comedian guest. Well, that, wait, One that's of the, the most... part you were going to say special? <laughs> that he's a non-comedian? He's not happy about that either. I thought it was funny. You, oh, you're hysterical, but you don't do it for a living. Well, world-class like... celebrities tell me I'm funny. Yeah, world-class celebrities. People who are comedians tell me I'm, I'm funny. Do you, My own do you wife... count as the world-class celebrity? Because you lay in bed going, I know I'm funny, I know I'm funny. I've paid people to say that, but, but they have said it. They have said it. Introduce him, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Oz. How about that? Yes. Yes, the one, we, the only. We arrived. Now, the way this works, this is the name of the show is Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. And we always start the show off with a drink. Uh, and then we tell a street joke. And then we get into our story. So we would like you to give us your drink. Keep in mind, you're the first non-comic, and this is probably going to be the first non-alcoholic drink. <laughs> so you take kale. You take kale. <laughs> My favorite uh, thing Richie, in the world. So, Richie, this is up your ass. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm loving it already. So, a, a rabbi, a priest, and no. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, you, you take kale, yes. you blend it, add a, a little bit of pineapple, uh, and a, a little bit of garlic, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. A little tequila on the edge. I was going to say, can you oh, do vodka, or yeah. what do you recommend? Actually, my favorite drink of all is tequila, You're by, a tequila yeah, by itself. I keep the tequila in the freezer. I knew he wouldn't go yeah, without yeah, that. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, and you pull it out, and it comes out like syrup. And you know, like vodka and gin, they're basically distilled alcohol. And it gets a taste because they add stuff to it. So I can never understand where all the pizzazz comes from. I mean, people say there's the best, but it's, you know, it's the same thing. You distill the alcohol to make the pure stuff, then you add stuff to it, maybe it tastes a little different. It's not like it's a wine where you know, they grow it in a certain cask and it's not harvested the right way. It's a problem. Now, tequila is more like a wine. You actually have to harvest it and let it mature, and so it's not quite the same way. I had that, a bad experience when I was 18. With tequila? Yeah. Well, you've had I've a lot never... of bad experiences. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't start a, at 18, by the way. I had a bad experience with Budweiser at 14. With, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Look, I know his parents. It started much earlier yes, than that. Every <laughs> time every time he has a bad experience with an alcohol and kids are drinking then, yeah, that, that, you just keep adding on and adding on. Right. Eventually, you're going to be sober. And their stock goes down. <laughs> <laughs> Budweiser's almost okay, out of so business. Okay, so kale, pineapple... And no, so I, what I, what I would do is I don't I, the kale is because you always give me a hard thing. So, right. so just in full disclosure, you don't know. yeah, Richie uh, is uh, the comedian on the show. I'm and the warm up guy. The, well, no, I, yeah, I don't call you warm up guy because you're much more than that. You're my my, the, my soulmate out there, and I yeah. say it sincerely because you're such a pro. You show up at everything, all the gusto every day. Thank you take two hundred people who are sometimes upset they have to wait in line, da da da, and get some cheerful. It, it turns them into a flash mob by the time we're done. Uh, and so when the, sh- when the show uh, is being crafted, it means a lot because energetically it feeds the, the guests on the show as well. So that's not easy to do. And, to, and again, to do it every day is different from doing it once in a while. Nine years plus in a row running, we've done it together. Now, you did miss a sh- you, he missed two shows, I by the way. Shows. I just got to say, I'm not going to, n- not, like, not like I'm keeping track. Um, although, two. If I don't get a raise, I'm going to miss more. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very good. But I will say one, one time, and this, you... They wanted me to start going out to the audience when they're in the holding room. And I don't like, and a lot of warm-up guys, almost all of them do that. Yeah. I don't like to do it. 
and I did it, and you heard me, and you call me in the in the dressing room. You're like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm going out. They want me." And you go, "No, no, no, no. Show starts when you walk on stage." Yeah. And that made meant so much to me. You felt your show starts when I walk on stage, and I've never forgotten. Now, on that. the flip side, Mark and I have been audience members. What goes through your head when Richie's making fun of you? Because a lot of audience members think if you never did the show, I yeah. make fun of you. Pretty <laughs> they, bad. they had this look like this is his last day. Well, like he, he's gonna he, get... he says it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The best line of the whole day is it's my last show. It's my I got... last show. Let's have fun. <laughs> I mean, everything from a nice hairpiece to I'm a good-looking <laughs> TV star, a surgeon. Look at that outfit. So you know, good-looking. The irony of life is if you take yourself seriously, it's so much harder. Yes. And there's enough difficulty, and as a heart surgeon, I'll speak to this. When you go in there to, 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 to take care of someone and you open their chest up and the heart's out there, and you could make a relatively minor feeling or, or seeming mistake and you kill people. And all of us who do, who do this have skeletons in our closets. You, just, you, know, you never knew if it was your fault. You just right. never know. And you always think, I could have done this differently because obviously if the patient dies, something could have gone dip, you know, better. Right. It can't get much worse than that. It has and, to be so hard at night. It is anyway, but I've learned that gallows humor is very effective at loosening people up. Because what I don't want is a bunch of stiff folks around me. And the classic line I'll always give is in my time of need, when there's blood splurting everywhere, I don't want to be surrounded by intellectuals. I want to be surrounded by people of action. And that's why you have me. That's why I have you. And I'll never Which forget. You, I think I'll never is. forget. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, we should post a photo of us. <laughs> we look like the number 10. That's your God. joke. God. Ah. God. That's your no, joke. That's your joke. It's right, 100. 1,000. <laughs> but can I say, so I, I did the heart transplant, uh, of, you all probably remember, of, of Frank Torrey. Right. Back okay. in the 1996 World Series, I was a young surgeon. Fresh out of training, and I get the phone call. Uh, literally, as the Yankees beat the Braves to force the to, 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 to everyone to come back to New York, and I get a call. Are you serious? Seriously, the game had just ended. I just flicked it off. I was so happy. Girardi hit a three-run homer. Yeah. I really. I, I no, it, no, it wasn't Girardi. It was uh, the other catcher. Yes, you're right. It was. I, wait, wait. wait. Posada. No, 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 that's way no, before no. him. The no. king. They called him the king. Anyway, the king. so so so, they, they, so, so anyway, the part that I do remember is that falling asleep, being woken up because they have a donor in the Bronx. And so, how ironic. So we go get the heart in the Bronx. By dawn, uh, we, I had transplanted Frank. And, and, I, and, I, and because of that, I, uh, I became very close to them. And I would go sit in the dugout during the games. And I, you would see how Joe Torre would manage his players. And the most important thing he did was treat them like adults. And make sure they knew that he, he knew they were trying their best just to relax and enjoy it. Because whatever got you to do it in the first place, just keep feeling that. Mm -hmm. I know to be a pro, you got to show up and do stuff you don't want to do every single day. But it also means you will do that. It also means you can harvest the energy. And so that's what I try to do. And so when you're on the stage, everyone's real stiff. And the camera guys who are fantastic on our show are, and Rich just poking fun of how they're all bald. bald <laughs> which, <laughs> which yeah, except, they love that. Except, except for the female one, they are. Yeah. And you know, they, so, so, you know, you it, it, it loosens everybody up. It also makes people right. feel inclusive and in the OR we do the same thing if I'm giving the anesthesiologist a hard time it means things are probably going okay right. because I'm taking the effort to just become you know it's, it's like with your siblings you're, t you're they're poking me back we're making joking you know about this or that and, and then if when tough gets difficult then you sort of focus in you can always tell when it gets quiet then things aren't quite as copacetic I always tell the patients that if doctors come in there and they're slapping on the back and having a good time with you you're okay really when, yeah when when 10 people come in and don't say anything yeah you got a problem. Uh, because I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, I had to have my uh, meniscus. I had torn my meniscus. Yeah. On your set, by the way. 
And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, your lawyer called. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I was going in for surgery. Just Richie is that uh, a big yeah. voice. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, calling Hello, for... Dr. Oz, this is Richie's lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going in. I'm on the, I'm on the table, and they're, they're, they're willing me in, and the anesthesiologist is talking to the surgeon. And he's talking about his tea time. And, th- and I sat up. I go, listen. I said, I work for the Dr. Oz show. So if anything goes wrong here, you're going to be on TV. So you better start focusing. Enough of this golf crap. Focus on the name. That relaxed them. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he felt great. Yeah. I'm sure they're big fans of yours now. But that's good. You mentioned how important laughter is. What do people really mean when they say laughter is the best medicine? Is, is there is that really taking? Do you believe place? in that? Well, I know believe, you do, but I'm it's pretending. Not, not even, I don't. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not a belief <laughs> thing. It's actually true. There's nothing healthier than laughing at a meal. That's why when people say, ah, you know, it's my birthday, but I won't have cake. Well, it's not the time to not have cake. If your whole family's around, you have a good time and partying it up, and, and you don't have cake, it's going to be a little strange. That's not when you do it. It's 80-20 rule. That allows you to have the best times in the world. But think about this. If you have that chocolate cake, and you're laughing and having a blast, you bite into it, it tastes so good, it makes you flower up, then the next bite is not quite as good as the first bite, but it's still good. By the time you get to the third bite, it's hedonism. Right? You, can't, you never even taste it anymore. I never made it to three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about the seventh bite? Yeah, exactly. What happens there? Different bite. <laughs> now, you didn't tell your joke. Tell your joke. Dr. Oz tells this joke well, on I, the set. Can I have two jokes? Yes. Please. But t- all right, yes. All right. So the joke I, the jo- I'll tell the joke I tell do the tell, and the one, and the, one, the one I'm not allowed to tell ever. But I'll yes. tell it for you guys. All right. This is the one I've tried. Wow, I've tried this on every we, show possible. We promise no one will hear. No one will hear this. <laughs> that, that's what I. That, Richie's they, telling the truth. They assured. No one, no one they assured me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so wow. the, the joke that I do tell that Richie allows me to tell yes. is uh, you, you know. <laughs> Didn't we need to do a Richie show and have Dr. Oz do the warm up. Yes. I can, oh, oh I love that. that. We did that at Gotham once. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Did I did the warm up. That yeah. was good. What happened? Let me tell that first. Please. We, um, he did a great thing. He, we, I was going to do a show for his charity, Health Corps. And um, two weeks before the show, we were going to do it at Gotham. Two weeks before the show, Hurricane Sandy hit. Oh, and uh, he has ties in Staten Island, his <clears throat> father-in-law. And, and your mother-in-law, too? Did they yeah. both grow up there? No, uh, my father-in-law, at least has spent a lot of right, time right. there. His father-in-law and my uncle grew up together, which is so weird. <laughs> but um, he ended up saying, the, the charity said, we can't do a show for us now. We have to raise money for Hurricane Sandy. So we ended up redoing the whole show. And we had uh, Gaffigan showed up, uh, Rob Bartlett, Dang. Joey Cola. It was, wow. you know, nice. and Doc... I had to put Doc in the show somehow because we were raising money for her, for through his charity. So he came up in the middle of the show and had said that everybody was great except for one guy. And I'm like, who? Cool. It, it was me. <laughs> and I'm like, so, so I stood there and he sat behind me and I told jokes because he was like, you're, you're not up to par. So I told jokes and he, oh, he had to pretend like they weren't funny. And every time I look over, he's like over, he's like, mm. he's like yawning. <laughs> that wasn't no. acting. Brilliant acting. Right. <laughs> Academy worthy. So he did, but he said, I think I could do warm up better than you. That was the point of the whole thing. So well, I can't, yeah, that's the honest truth. I want to hear so, the joke, I'm but sorry, I, yeah. I do want to ask you after about working with Denzel. I will. I know he's dying to talk to you about that. So, so the, the joke, did you hear about the constipated accountant? No. no. He worked it out with the pencil. Put him boom. Don't laugh. Da, da, da. Right my alley. Now, the one that I really like that I'm never allowed to tell, but I'll I, do it it's here. It's not because of me. I don't know this joke. Go ahead. 
Why do proctologists use two fingers when they do rectal exams? Why? Why? Second opinion. <laughs> now, I tell, no. I tell that joke because Richie goes in this. Please share with the little gimmick that Richie has worked out to make fun of me, but also talk about rectal exams. I said when I, you know, the bit when I got, yeah, yeah. I went to my doctor and he gave me the prostate exam. Is it supposed to take 35 minutes? <laughs> you know, and, he, and he added that. But you also did it on the show with Jimmy Fallon. I did? Yeah, Jimmy Fallon was on the show and you said he was getting, you were doing, remember you did surgery? Oh, I operated on Jimmy on the show. Yes, and Jimmy, Jimmy had a, made a joke about prostate. He goes, is, are you, is, your, is your finger going to be involved? And he goes, I used two. I wanted a second opinion. Oh, and my God. Right. They had oh, to bring no. the house down. But I heard that they cut that. that they... Oh, I'm sure they cut that. There's yeah. no way. You can't show that on network television. I'm not even sure said it here. But... Exactly. <laughs> Just snip, 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 snip. All right, so you were going to talk about uh, yeah, so Denzel. You were the, what was the official title, the medical director for him during Johnny Cube? So a friend of mine actually was the producer on that show. And Johnny Cube, if you all remember, is a story of a father who takes a hospital hostage because he can't get his son listed right. for a heart transplant. And so it's a serious topic. But in the, the, show, the movie, our organ becomes available, and they have to transplant the heart. So they needed to get uh, someone to do the surgery. And uh, James Woods, you know the actor, the yeah. great actor, he, when he was a young man, put his hand through a glass window and severed a nerve in his hand. So the hand works, but he can't do complex motions. So I had to be his hand double in the movie. Oh, so I was giving them advice about heart transplants because I do a lot of them and you know how the system works and how do you get ranked on a, on a organ donor list and what kind of organs can you take? What would it actually look like? What would it feel like? Do the organs really come in an igloo cooler? They do. <laughs> it's cheap. Why would you waste money on a cooler? It's a cooler. Yeah. And uh, they look like chicken when they come out of the cooler. Right. And then when you put the, the sodium in, they pink up. They're beautiful like a, like a python in the chest. They'll start to coil out of the body and begin to quiver as they begin to snap into a rhythm. And there's that moment you're waiting for it to beat where everyone is silent. Because you know the usual beep, beep, beep? There's nothing because there's no heart beating. Right. So everybody holds their breath. And you wait for that first beep, beep. And then beep, beep. Or nothing, <laughs> right? If it's good news, it beeps. And I had to I show them how to do all that exactly. And uh, and I was so I was showing them in knots. And as they made the the movie, they began to, to have to get into the technical aspects of it, which you take for granted because you do it every single day. And the thing about heart surgery that we don't even acknowledge is so much of it is physical. That's why it's sort of a young man's game. By the time you get into your sixties, most heart surgeons are starting to slow down. Because right. you have to, not only are you standing for hours and hours and doing stuff, but, you, but not throwing, the moving, your manipulation. You, you're really dependent on... I have news for you. Daytime TV is a young man's game, too. Yes, it is. But not always. <laughs> I, got the, I got Dr. Phil out there. <laughs> He's the one making you But see, good. you know, it's funny. I, I hate to say this, but, you know, we've been friends for nine years. Acquaintances. And acquaintances. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on, it's my show. Give me a break. It's my show. <laughs> How did you get a promotion? But, but things, things like that. Things like that. How did you get a promotion? Shut up, Joel. Like, I forget sometimes what he does and what he has done. And it's just, and I don't, it's really amazing to me. It, it really is. And congratulations on yet another yes. Emmy. So I'm only embarrassed about the the Emmy because uh, didn't mention me. Yes. So Richie, the you the bit is that I you know it's I thank everybody. Joke. I thank everybody, except, except well almost everybody he says, and yes. then of course we all know it's him. So I this week this year I was going to go up there and say it, and then the wardrobe woman's birthday was that day, 
So Lori Elwell. Oh, give me a break. Who, <laughs> you mentioned Lori Elwell? It was Kate, her birthday. I didn't know this. What did you think I watched? I didn't watch. So, you could have told so, me to mention me. So I mentioned her. We talked about her a bit. As I walked off the set, under my breath, I mentioned Richie, but I don't think anyone heard. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, my birthday's in July, so let's get some An award. award. <laughs> I doubt you said that it's a, a, a surgeon, being a surgeon's a young man's job. Your father-in-law was part of the team that did the first open-heart surgery. Right. For, he did the first, heart, first transplant. heart transplant. Yeah. So my, my dad. So does he bust your chops with oh. saying like, back when we did surgery, we had to go uphill both ways. It, you, it's a whole different level. My, so remember, he's from Staten Island. So <laughs> the, the classic yeah. thing he would do, he he called into the operating room when I was young, because I used to ask him advice all the time, because he he knew things about how these old valves were inserted. I'd never even seen these valves, so if I had to do a reoperation, he'd give me the, the advice. My mother-in-law, of course, was no easier on me than he is, would say something <laughs> like, uh, you know, the, uh, says, are you pay are you operating by the numbers again? Yeah. <laughs> but he would call in, and so he he'd say something like, uh, there's it's, you know, Dr. Lamol for Dr. Oz, and I'd say. Uh, Tell my father-in-law that I'm busy saving lives. <laughs> and then he'd be on speakerphone, and I hear him say, he must have canceled his elective schedule. <laughs> I mean, but then again, th this is the man who, when I was training, and you know, the depth of training when you're just on call every minute, and you and you know, he was on call when he was in, when he was a young man, the same way for the heart transplants. And um, he look, he called me one day. He said, you know, never forget. That you could, you know, that you only go through residency to become a heart surgeon once, and I had already married Lisa, mm -hmm. so you can always, you know, you, says you only go through heart surgery residency once, but you can always get married again. Plenty of fish in the sea. That's right, which I, of course, purposely told my wife, <laughs> <laughs> and it got back to him within a microsecond. So. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure that. I, and he, of course, denied it ever happened. Yeah, of course he. Did. <laughs> my well, father-in-law thinks I could become. You know, you can always go in the plumbing. Yeah, when <laughs> comedy doesn't exactly. work. Exactly. Mine's like bartender. <laughs> are, are there any memorable moments between you and Richie on the set? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Because he said there was. I a... have one. Yes. Can I tell one? Please. Michelle Obama was on the show, and we don't have a lot of time. So I, Michelle Obama was on the show, and before she was on the show, it's like huge uh, security and all that, and uh, they said, "Do not." approach her. I remember they had a, we had a meeting with the Secret Service. Do not approach They'll her. They'll shoot you. Yeah, and I'm like, listen, listen, when we go to commercial, I'm the guy that's got to run out, so nobody shoot me. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not charging. Not I'm a very easy target. Yeah. You're going to hit me. You're not going to miss. You know, the, one of the most redeeming parts about the show is when the guests are done the interview. You know, getting interviewed on a talk show is like you expose yourself. And uh, you're always a little nervous and so it's a lot of times celebrities are, are sharing intimate moments of their lives. And what was most rewarding to me is when they say, you know, I, I, I want to thank your team because you took good care of me. You come up all the time, Richie. Because, of course, <laughs> in between the segments when they're trying to collect their thoughts, they're hearing him poke fun, and it relaxes them. So oh, I want to yeah. pay you the tribute you deserve for nine oh. years of tireless, fantastic work. And, I can't and, thank you. And anybody, I really think as one of the podcasts, you should just do your routine because he riffs off the topics on the show. I don't know how many poop jokes he has, oh, yeah, but they I are know. endless. I, know. I just steal. Yeah, that's true. And then I steal the ideas and deliver them not as well as he does. I get a little laugh. It's a modicum of, of humor. But what happened, so Michelle did the show and I did, like he said, and then she came back six months later. And um, again, they're like, don't go near her. But they knew who I was. 
So he is taking pictures between uh, seg segments with her. And I'm standing, letting them have the pictures. It's like five or six different. Uh, he's like a foot behind us, but not out of the shot. And he, no. <laughs> and he says to me, Richie, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't understand what he said, but I figured he said, you're in the way of a camera. So he and Michelle Obama are staring at me, and I just go into this thing where I look like this. <laughs> like, I just go back and forth, and there's no, and he goes. He looks like Chubby Checker doing the twist. Yeah, I right did. <laughs> and Doc goes, what are you doing? And I go, what did you say? <laughs> said, I said, come over here and take a picture with the first lady. I was stretching. And I, when I went over, and I'll always uh, just make it. With, and I, I looked at Secret Service. They said, go ahead. I walked over. And she said to me, I was hoping you were still here. And I go, why would you hear? <laughs> <laughs> She'll take you out. She's a special woman. <laughs> well, I think, I think uh, that was about right for us. And you, I would have loved to talk more about the show. And I wish you would have been funnier. We'll do it again. But uh, we'll do it again. And thank <laughs> right. you so much thank for being here. So good good luck with this. If I can help you, I love you too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really do. God bless you. you. Even though you missed two shows in nine years. <laughs> That's, That's it. drink jokes and storytelling. That's perfect. All right, guys. Oh Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.